0: G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League Podcast. With our NFL Fantasy Podcast, it doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host, Kaze. How are you going, Kaze? Not too bad, Hef. You? Oh, yeah, not too bad. Now, since we've last spoken, um, mm-hmm. I hear you're a premiership player, mate. What's the
1: What's the go there? Uh, yes, a couple of weekends ago, the Mighty Cats won the B-grade flag. Uh, so That's the Walkerville Cats. For Walkerville Cats. Playing so, no, it was good. We uh, got up in a really tight game in the prelim. Uh, we were lucky enough to play on a Friday night at Glenelg Oval, which was pretty sweet. It was a Friday night, was it? Friday night, Glenelg Oval. We kicked off at six o'clock. The, the A-grade followed us at eight, and the, uh, the buzz was absolutely pumping it at the bay. It was sweet. So uh, we managed to get over in a tight one there, and then uh, we played Jepp's Cross in the grand final. Um at where was it Kenilworth so a big deck um tight game in the first quarter and then we kind of uh just slowly put him away in the second and third and uh could really enjoy the the fourth quarter just uh soaking in the, the the uh Premiership success
0: Now I I didn't see your game Because I was um, Prepping for the prelim Which we We'll try not to touch on Too much tonight Because I've only just got Ooh, over it You can go into that prelim In detail <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I hear some of the uh, The crowd uh, Kept some fantasy numbers For the game So everyone's mm. Fantasy numbers were taken yes. In the B grade grand final That's correct um, Maybe walk us through The top scorer And maybe then Where You know What you What you end up with I for to the dig game. that up
1: uh, I didn't have the greatest Grand final I'm happy to put that on record um, goals no goals in the grand final. I kicked two in the uh, in the prelim, so I feel I did my bit to get the team there. But okay. so in the in the B grade, we played 22 minutes, no time on. Uh, the leading score, leading possession winner had 20 touches and scored 85 dream team points. Uh, the least <laughs> um, fantasy friendly player was basically me. Now one guy had 27 points. I only had 28 <laughs> points, so I had nine touches, seven kicks. Was it two handballs, one mark, one tackle? Actually, he forgot the tackle, so I had 32. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's actually pretty hard to get more than 20 touches in a, in a B-grade game of footy.
0: Well, I guess in the B-grade as well, we're playing – you play with reduced numbers, don't you? It's basically 22 minutes, no
1: time on. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to get those big hundreds like they do in the AFL. And it's basically just a big swarm of players following the ball around and there's not much uh, free space. So you can't get those, you know, easy one-two kind of chip kick, handball kind of things, but uh, – no it was very good it was but good fun. You're
0: saying you're saying there's no proper tactics in B grade right? they're just people chasing kicks. Uh potentially. Okay okay. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought that. I was a big red captain at one stage of my life, but uh, I thought I'd play with more grace than no, I absolutely did not. That's a joke. All right. Uh, well, let's get stuck into it. Uh, but before we uh, do, Kays, we um, better thank uh, Remedy Kombucha for supplying us with uh, drinks as per usual. We got the cola tonight, and um, we're actually going to announce the. Uh, we're actually going to announce the winners of the um, of the survey competition, and one of the prizes actually is a four pack of Remedy Kombucha. So um, yeah, it's a uh, pretty Lucky close. Enough. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. All right. So uh, we'll get stuck into those winners, actually. So let's uh, we'll go with the third prize first. So, well, let's announce the uh, winner of the Remedy Kombucha. That's a four-pack of Remedy Kombucha. Do you have the names in front of you, I do, yes. Who's, who's won the four-pack uh, of congrats Remedy Kombucha?
1: to Stuart Ward. You are the lucky owner of a four-pack of Remedy Kombucha. Yeah.
0: Well done, Stuart Ward, and I'll endeavour to get all these prizes out uh, so in there next a cola week or in this, so in this four pack. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, I've got a. I think there's a carton behind me. I think if you can see them just over there. So uh, there's uh, some few well, two two slabs of cola left. So yeah, definitely get some cola. we we'll throw in some blood orange maybe a raspberry lemonade and some wild berry as well you know I'm only giving away four as you can see I've only got seven cartons behind me so there's not much to spare but (laughs) that'll take half a week to get through that it's really thirsty (laughs) you I've noticed in the last few months uh, that uh, that pile has been uh, diminishing Um, and I haven't even been here
1: once so uh,
0: it's just he's just powering through the kombucha Well, it's it's gonna go off so I need to start drinking it that's the that's the issue Um, but anyway uh, well that's the that's the third prize so that's the remedy kombucha I'll announce the second prize which is a lovely t-shirt that I'm wearing. One of the white ones uh, we've got here and that one goes to Kai Bolton. So congratulations uh, to Kai Bolton for uh, winning that one and the grand prize case which mm-hmm. is the uh, the gold membership. Uh, let's announce that one. Who wins the gold membership? Congrats
1: to Maddie Wright who is the gold membership winner. That's going to be super handy for season 2022. I was so scared you were going to do a drum roll on the table and ruin all my cameras no, and audio I've, gear. you've taken all the fun out of this for me I want to bring some <laughs> <laughs> I'm bring some showmanship to this pod and I have to basically sit here in a straight jacket and talk into a microphone. Well, yeah, I remember like every time you um we used to do you used to a
0: drum roll and it used to just like blitz out of the microphone. So um yeah, I'm glad you have stopped doing that. I've learned. All right, let's get stuck into the podcast. We'll start off with the finals recap. <laughs> All right, let's get stuck into it. So what we're going to do in the finals recap, we're just going to go through the order of teams where they finished. So we're going to start off with your mighty Bombers case. And we're just going to talk about a few players that uh, um, that stood out that might be relevant in Keeper League teams uh, next year. So I did uh, most of the heavy lifting for this one case. So I'm going to talk through a few. Go for it. And I want you to just kind of uh, give me your thoughts on uh, a few players here and there, okay? Mm-hmm. So Sam Draper case. Yep. Had the game of his career in their final. Had 121 points, uh, 44 hitouts. I think it was against English and Young. So not the best ruckman to you know go up against, but uh, still a solid hitout for a younger player. And uh what's his second like, full season, I guess. But he spent a lot of time out injured as well. Um, but yeah, he was just good around the ground. Took some vital possessions of the ball as well. Um, I think
1: owners would be pretty excited, wouldn't you agree, Case? Oh shit! Yeah, he played awesome. Is that all we got to say? Oh well, like, yeah. I was just saying that like, we were, like it was it was a funny game that one. We it – a few guys went to the pub to watch it together, and um, yeah, like he was one of the reasons that we were in it in the first half. I think if we kind of capitalised on a few of our um, you know forward entries in that first half, it could have been a, a, set, a different kind of game. But the dogs just kind of um, showed their class in the second, and um, obviously ran us down. But yeah, he was one of the he was one, he was one of the guys who who really you know you were looking at it and being like, "Yep, if we're we're gonna lose today, but um, the future's bright." All right, moving on to another Essendon
0: player. Uh, one of my boys, uh, Jai Caldwell, who got injured in round two. So he was my um, shining light in my forward line. He was actually picked as my F1. That's how dire my forward keepers were after everyone losing forward status last year. And, only played, one and half, only played one and a half games for me, which was a bit disappointing. But he only had 61 points in the final, but mm-hmm. he started like an absolute Damn. house on fire. So I reckon he was on 50 at halftime and probably only had 11 or so points in the second half around mm-hmm. that. But yeah, it just faded. But I don't know, Case. do you think that you'd just put that down to being under underdone, coming straight into a final after not
1: playing. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. But like, he, he was actually everywhere in that first kind of first quarter, first half. So, um, you know, he's going to get fitter in the preseason he's probably coming into his what fourth season next year as well. So yep. his body's going to be right to go. Um, and yeah, and there's no way that he's not, you know, going to have a big impact in that bomber side next year.
0: He's basically going to have his third year breakout. It's just delayed a year because of the year off, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. You can't, lie. On the head. Yeah, you can't lie with numbers, with science. It's basically the way it is. But yeah, the only issue is um, he was a forward mid this year. Um, I a couple weeks ago, I scraped all the champion data positions. So, what's on the AFO website, um, what champion data have all players currently classed as? He's currently classed as a midfielder only by champion mm. data. So, that's a bit of a concern for owners. But um, look, we'll, we'll worry about that when we get to the position changes next year. Let's not worry about it too much right now. One of I'm going to call him one of your boys, Kays. Mm. I, he's, I actually think I had him, I owned him in more leagues than you did this year, but uh, you've always been a big fan. That's George Hewitt. Mm. So he had 106 points uh, in the, his final, so they lost to Jidos in the first round by one point. I was watching that at Brew Boys, which is where I pretty much live anyway. Um, so that people should have guessed that anyway. But uh, yeah, 106 points in that final, but we got to kind of a, you know work out that Kennedy was out in this final through injury, so that kind of let him kind of step up a bit more in the midfield. But uh, he finished off the year well. Um, he averaged 97 from his last three... but you'd think he would lose defender status wouldn't you
1: quite possibly yeah I'd have to see the splits
0: now he's probably going to move clubs by the looks to Mm -hmm. Carlton correct now you had him we did a a crossover pod with uh, Dawson the pod
1: pod um, the other day and you were quite high on him for next year do you want to talk us through that um yeah well I suppose my thinking was they're obviously bringing him across for a reason um their midfield's been a bit average the last couple of years they need someone to come in there and um you know help out probably Cripps and Walsh in there um I think George Stewart's been one who probably a couple of years ago he was starting to develop then he hit some injuries and um you know this year we've seen the rise of or even last year you know row came on the scene then we've seen um you know Warner Gould all these guys kind of Take it to the next level, so they had to throw Hugh on the half back line. Um, he's always kind of been a you know a bit of an inside player. The scores have never genuinely been there where you're like, oh my god, he's a he's going to be a premium. But um, you know, we've seen this year when when Matty Kennedy went in and played that inside role at the Blues you know um, he scored pretty well like his back end of the season was super hot um, if George short's coming across for that pure reason I think that he's one who could um, easily score quite well and if he can sneak and sneak, a, sneak on and keep and hold that uh, defender status sorry um, he could be a real um, handy kind of buy low option
0: I don't think he does hold that defender status unfortunately I didn't actually check the champion data um, ranking for him but uh, yeah I don't think he actually holds it but um, I guess my concern is and what you've kind of brought this up now i think a couple times you brought up the other night do you think there's room for him and matt kennedy in the same side or do you think you know sorry more so to i guess they're definitely playing the same side but do you reckon there's enough for them to you know score fantasy wise in the same side what do you think well they're gonna have to have
1: you know three guys starting on ball so you assume it's gonna be walsh Cripps, maybe hewitt maybe kennedy yeah i don't think anyone else is ready to go in that midfield like setterfield hasn't really set the world on fire you know fisher's skinny Um, you know, they've got all their swag of half forward flankers. So I think if they need that grunt guy, which they've brought him in for, um, I think he, he can be the one that can score.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I don't doubt that. I don't know. I just I'm a bit skeptical. But you know, we saw him score at Sydney, but I think he scored better when people were missing and people were injured. That's all. So I'm just a bit concerned about that. But I think if he's getting paid, the money he's going to be getting paid. Uh, he's he's going to Colton. Everyone's missing at Colton all the time. <laughs> yeah, true. He's going to want to stand up. All right, I'll we'll move on to GWS. So they lost the following week to uh, Geelong. Finish finish what, sixth on the ladder. So there's only one guy I really want to talk about through their finals campaign, and that's another one of your boys' case. Mm. That's Sam Taylor. So I want to ask, and I'll, let, I'll just go through a few things, but I want to know if you're still taking him as early as you said you were uh, next season. Because I my, my point was he's a key defender, and he's yes, he's had a couple tons, but uh, he, he was kind of littered between scores of 50 and things like that. And his two scores in the finals were 67 and 29. So these are when you're coming up against good competitive
1: sides. you going to have to play your lockdown role. Mm-hmm. Does this still to tell you for next year? Um, I think finals is a different kind of ball game for, for defenders especially. Uh, I think he will only be better freed up as well uh, at some stage. I think he's like a, a natural intercept defender. So uh, that will take time for him to kind of uh, move into that role. But look, when did I say I'm taking him early? I would have thought I said I've taken him midway through a draft. Is that I've, early, is it?
0: No, I think you said, like, I think you were kind of sarcastic. And i was like, how early are you going to take him? I was like, I was like first, second round. You were like, yep. But I'm not sure if you, how serious you were about that. It's more that you were just so hyped up after he turned up. I was up. pretty hyped up. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, no, I th- I'm still keen to take him. Like, obviously, I'm not going to take him in the first, you know, five or six rounds. But look, midway through a draft of ours, where we take, you know, 16, I'd be looking around that eight because you know, especially if your team's good, like, um, you know, he's going to play each week. And if he can turn up, four or five or six times next year um, and you know, we're still playing, you know, rolling lockouts or that kind of thing, I think he's a great option. All right. We'll move on to Brisbane now. A couple of players I want to talk about for Brisbane.
0: So, um, Oscar McInerney. So, I reckon he's done enough this year to cement himself as a, as a ruck one in most keeper league sides. So I think that was pretty obvious anyway, but there was some doubts, um, especially early in the season where he didn't score too well. Then I think he had a few uh, bit of an ankle injury that kind of hampered him a little bit. But, uh, yeah, look, um, he averaged 91 from his last five games, and I just can't see Brisbane rolling with anyone as like a backup anymore. Um, uh, Archie Smith retired. Um, there's not really a lot going around on the list. I'm probably missing – there's another ruckman that I'm missing out there, but I can't remember. Sportsman um, What's that, Tom Fullerton? That's right. And he just plays as a ruck forward, really. So, um, yeah. So, I I can see him rolling out as a number one ruck. So, I think he's going to be, you know, pretty decent going forward. You happy with that assessment as a a ruck one?
1: Yeah, I think so. I I don't love him as much as like if if we were starting a a brand new draft or you're doing a redraft. Yeah. He's not someone I'd be really targeting at all early or anything like that if you got him, you know- your old theory is when you're doing a redraft is, you know, take Rutman basically as late as you possibly can. Maybe you'd look at him then, but he's not even someone as a, for a keeper that I'd be super excited about to, to own long-term. I'd be happy if I had him just, you know, for cheap. Um, but yeah, no, no, I don't love him is my, my point.
0: Oh, fair enough. Um, Charlie Cameron. So, I harp on him about him all the time, but uh, he had back-to-back 80s in both the games in uh, in finals. So, yeah, like I said, I talk about him way too much, but he's just someone who's always available in drafts and he provides with good cover. Uh, he started pretty slow this year, but he came good towards the end, so he did that kind of just, you know, a bench player that you loophole on when he kicks a bag of four or five and, you know, tons up. So, he's a pretty handy one to own just for, for those instances, really. Uh, moving on to Geelong, who lost to Melbourne in probably just slightly more embarrassing fashion than Port Adelaide, but only just. Um, I think they lost by 81 points. But actually, they were actually in the game for some of it. So, I don't know. You could argue some of that. Yeah. I keep rehashing this anyway. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about the next team. Uh, we've only got a few players to talk about. But anyway, uh, Rhys Stanley, um, he is the ultimate tease as a rugman. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Um, look, He had a quiet week, uh, week one against Port Adelaide, uh, rucking against uh, Laddams and Lycett, so it's not the easiest task there. But then he had 123 in week two of finals against GWS, and then had a respectable 77 against Melbourne. That was against Gordon Jackson, so two pretty handy ruckmen there. Um, Look, if he's best 22, I reckon he's a handy fantasy ruckman, but it's just, do we see the Geelong ruck uh, department changing? So you know do they fast track someone like Shannon Neal or I can't even say his name Paul Sapolidis C- 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 Is that say his, his name the Greek dude? Um he had a big game in the last round of the VFL I think that they actually were able to play or was it actually in a scratch match that they were able to play I think um, with the COVID restrictions so he absolutely starred in one of those games so they were talking him up as well but I think the kind of oh, the trade rumor not even a trade rumor but trade suggestion that people have been floating out is um, Peter Adams to Geelong mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a bid to, in to Secure a number one ruck spot. Um, what do you think? I, I know the answer to this, I think, Case, but I'm gonna put it to you. Can you trust someone
1: like Reece Stanley? Uh well he's thirty-one yeah. in December. So like what are you what are you doing with him? Would you keep him? I don't know. Like if you're desperate for a ruckman, what do you reckon? Do you do you
0: roll with him? Do you reckon he's kind of he's definitely not someone you can trust as a Ruck one yeah, cabin? He's
1: one of those guys that maybe he gets put back in a pool and, you know, almost plays like a, you know, someone who drafted like Tom, Tom Hickey this year as the, you know, I've got a Ruckman, but it's always nice to have someone else who's playing and, you know, he just kind of blossomed. Maybe Stanley's a guy that, you know, you just take as someone who can score big in his day and if you play utilities, he's a handy player to have. But yeah, look, if uh, someone like Pete Laddams goes to Geelong, um, yeah, I think stocks would be Shrinking and rest down, or growing and rest down, they would uh, people would be jumping off quickly.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Peter Adams because uh, quite a respectable fantasy scorer when he rucks as a as a ruck one. Um, actually, Simo, one of our writers from the website, he pulled some numbers together and I. Can't actually access my phone right now because I'm using it for this stream. But uh, it was, yeah, some he worked out all his numbers rucking solo and they're absolutely ridiculous mm. Like when compared to rucking with license. So, yeah, um, if he does get the trade, I don't think he actually wants to leave Port Adelaide, but Port of Adelaide have said, not nah, explore your options. So um, it's a bit sad. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that one. Um, talking about
1: Port Adelaide now, we'll get stuck in. So the first uh, player I want to talk uh, about. Uh, now, something else you talked about on the pod pod the other night. Yep. What time did you leave the prelim final? Uh, just after halftime, Case. Listeners, does that kind of, you know, <laughs> rattle you to the core? What, what's even like bad about
0: that? Like I paid $200 to watch a game that was over in five minutes. Now, can I bring you back to 2020, Case, when I actually ordered, I organized a free ticket for you to actually just turn up at an Essendon game and you mm-hmm. never
1: showed. Because I was celebrating my team's success You like lost My actual team You lost You didn't, you didn't lost the grand six. final
0: Yeah exactly So you could have gone to the game And gone back
1: afterwards Plus you weren't even playing
0: Please You weren't even playing I was the runner Oh yeah sorry So the runners need to be there So I don't know, I know That's, that's I know what it's called When you're you part can, of a team You can have. criticise my support case But uh, look At least I went to What uh, 15 games this season And yes. uh, paid $200 To go to a prelim yes. Plus I reckon I've spent Probably 25 grand On going to watch Port play Over the last 10 years or so 12 years or so don't question my support, mate. Do not. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, let's move on to Riley Bonner. Um, sixty-seven in week one of finals. All right, one hundred and twenty-nine in the prelim, though. So. You know, pretty shocking start in the first one. Well, 67 is pretty respectable for him, I guess, but then absolutely went bananas. Probably one of Port's best players in the prelim, despite some of the heat he copped uh, on the socials for one act that happened. Um, but anyway, uh, he seems to have cemented a spot in the side this season and actually started to put up some half decent numbers this year. He averaged 77 from his last five games of the season and also had 104 in round 23. Um, always looked like the fantasy type. He just could never really cement a spot to kind of get going and couldn't gain that momentum. Now I had written here Dawson potentially coming to Port Adelaide, so that is out the window. So I think uh, Bonner is going to be held in good stead. I think he's actually got
1: a bit of potential going forwards. What do you think, Hayes? Um, yeah, I think he's got some. He's got some tricks. I thought he would have come on maybe a year or two ago. So he's just kind of a bit slower, um, slower developer. But um, yeah, you've got some serious talent through the wing, half back, half forward, wherever you want to play those guys. You know, aim on. Bergman as he said um, you know Rosie Butters Dersma you know you've got some some speed so um, can they all just fit in one team and score well all together would be my big question
0: yeah, probably not, <laughs> probably, I don't think. Uh, with too many, like, like you just said, there's too many of those types. So I really don't know where they're going to sit. And if like it does happen, like someone like Bergman will push up to a wing and that'll just kill his defender status. I think he's almost lost his defender status mm. going into the next year anyway, so that kind of sucks anyway. So um, I think Riley Bono is definitely destined for a halfback flank. I don't see him playing anywhere else. I know he was trialed as a wingman in like round one when he did his hammy mm. and didn't play for a long time. But uh, – yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Bergman's going to cement that role somehow. Do you reckon that Dawson didn't go to Port because there was genuinely no place for him to play? I think he went to Crows because he's a Crows supporter. Grew up. A, I think that was probably in the end. He said all along he wanted to play for the Crows. It was mm. just more so that I think Port were coming hard for him. Um, and As they just, should. Yeah, and it was just yeah testing testing loyalties, and he chose the Crows, which is fine by me. You know, there's a part of me that would always want to play for the club you grew up supporting. I think so. that's fair. <laughs> yeah, Connor uh, kind of Rosie. Um, I still have faith he's going to take a step forward next season. He, look, he had 73 in the first week, 67 in the prelim, and he didn't look great in the prelim. Uh, he looked pretty um, pretty scared of the footy at sometimes. But I think he'll keep that forward status, obviously, and I'm still backing him in
1: for an average of 80 next season. Do you think that's fair? Mm, yeah, Jury's still out with Rosie for me. Like I think he's a good player, like a quality player. Is he a fantasy player would be my question.
0: My, yeah, my thinking is like, well, I think at the start of this year, everyone thought he was going to move into that midfield. Um, I think that's probably not going to happen going forward. But what will happen is he'll keep his forward status long term, I think. And that's mm. probably going to be more more vital than him going into the into the midfield and being a huge, you know, 100 plus averager. I think him as an 80 averaging forward, I think he's probably going to be better for us as fantasy coaches don't you think than a 90 averaging yeah that sort of thing like you know I guess I likened him to Chad Wingard who's never been a huge fantasy scorer but when he was playing at Port he was playing in the midfield and just getting 22 touches and Mm. scoring 80s and stuff like that Mm. you know if you didn't want, you don't want, I know Chad Wingard's always been a forward, he's never lost forward status, but there was probably a, a, a period where we thought he might and that was looking pretty grim. So mm. yeah, um, I think if Conor kind of Rosie can maintain that forward status, it's going to be pretty handy for coaches. Um, to the grand finalists now. So we'll talk about Western Bulldogs first. Not a lot to talk about here, but uh, uh, Tim English. So, he was good in his first two weeks of finals. Uh, He's 78 versus Essendon, 84 versus Brisbane. And this was rucking solo, though. And then, Stephen Martin comes in the side and he has Mm. 56 against Port Adelaide and 67 in the grand final. Now, it sounds like Stephen Martin's going to go for another season. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much his body holds up, whether he just stays injured the whole season and then comes in and plays finals again. Who knows? Um, As an owner
1: case, what are you doing with Tim English? Uh, If he's keeping his ruck forward status, I'm not. Super concerned. Yes, it would have been nice for him to, you know, be a you know mid eighties ruckman like he probably should be. But at the same time, um, he's kind of proven that he's a genuine threat up forward. You know, they're still not going to have Josh Bruce um, next year, so he's going to be you know him and Norton would be the you know the two big guys up forward. I think. Um, I think unfortunately, he hasn't really proven. He's lately he's the he's as good as a ruckman as he should be. Like. I still think like he's still young enough that he could come on another, you know, year or two and and get a bit more size and just a bit more confidence in the ruck. But I think yeah, the DPP status with, with Ruck Ford, I think, just makes him easy hold if you are an owner
0: yeah i agree with that four status and that's actually something i probably forgot about a little bit um that yeah i would be holding him if he had four status too because he probably will end up at number one ruck as a number one ruck um throughout periods throughout next season depending mm. on injury and things like that mm. or just form and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you know he's, he's showing potential that he can be a good scorer it's more so that if he is rucking with someone else you're gonna want to have another ruckman in, in the wings to play yeah, it don't you i tend to agree yeah and you probably want to exploit that forward status too that was probably one of the hard things me owning laddams this year is I had him handcuffed to it and I could just never exploit him up forward because mm. the only time he was worth playing um, was when he was uh, when he was rucking so, and you had to have him in the ruck. So yeah, yeah, didn't really work out. Uh, moving on to the. Premiership team uh, Melbourne So uh, Alex Neil Bullen Is the first player I want to talk about Because um, Look he had 105 Against Brisbane And then 67 Against Geelong And then 89 In the grand final Against Western Bulldogs So um, He plays a high half forward role But he gets kind of Forced into that To connect a role Because I was watching um, Brayshaw And um Who's the other winger? Langdon. Um, Langdon on, uh, on um, Saturday night. And they work so hard defensively that kind of they all push up and he kind of gets brought up to that wing role. And if you look at his heat map, it looks like he's actually running up and down a wing, but he's definitely playing that forward, that far forward role. And kind of, yeah, he gets kind of played into that connector role and gets a lot in the middle of the ground. So um, as a forward, I think he's going to be super, super good value in draft next year. I'm not sure what his popularity was like this year, his ownership percentage. I think it was up there towards the end, but it's hard to tell when that comes down to waivers and, you know, if they're leagues like us that play. Mm. Um, that don't play waivers mm. um, you could be there so you're a fan of
1: I am I, but I don't think he's really going to you know slide in too many drafts either I don't think I think nah, you nah. know people who are, who are pretty avid football watchers have appreciated how good his year has been so I think and he might even go a bit higher than he probably should as well just because you know he's coming off some good scores late in the season especially you know a good final series so um, you know one if you can get involved but at the same time I think maybe don't go as high as he potentially goes this year.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking that, yeah, I don't think he's going to slide or anything like that. I think he's just going to be available like to mm. be taken there. Yeah. And he'd kind of be almost like a first or second round type pick uh, in, a, in a league like ours, considering forwards are that hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Won't be a huge scorer, but, you know, he will pop up with the 80 every now and then yep. and be pretty handy. Um, moving on to Bailey Fritch. So he had a great final series, really. Um, kind of robbed of the Norm Smith in a, in a way. It's kind of hard, not really, but... Anyone can kick goals, mate. You got to get it to him. I don't know. Not, not many people would kick six in a grand final, miss I'd love to see the the record. I think oh, it was the most in a grand final, wasn't it? Since Darren Jarman Yeah, yeah. And mm. well, Darren Jarman didn't win the North Smith, so no. yeah, maybe not. Um, anyway, uh, look, he had 82 guys against Brisbane, kicked four goals there. 86 versus Geelong, kicked two goals there. Then 87 versus Western Bulldogs, six goals in that grand final. Just a great finals campaign. We know he needs to kick goals to score, but mm. we know that he's more than capable of kicking goals each week. He'll play every week. I reckon you could do a lot
1: worse as your F5. Would you rate him that highly as an F5? Uh, yeah, I suppose it depends. Depends how, how deep forwards roll next year, I think. You know, for some teams, it could even be an F4. yeah possibly even f3 i suppose with the guys that you are so reliant on goals you always get a bit worried you know um he's kind of like a bit charlie cameron style where you know he will score well and he kicks it kicks a bag and he needs to be on so there's that kind of worry for me but at the same time look if you can get someone and you can ride him um you know against weaker teams like north or the Crows or something like that when you when he's a chance to kick a bag um yeah definitely definitely you can have a piece of him he's basically like a, a quasi-
0: Key forward, like semi-key forward, and he? he plays like one because he just he's kind of mark lead kick type thing. But he's mm. kind of just not as tall as the other ones. Correct. But yeah, he was in the same way. Um, one of your boys, case, Luke Jackson, mm-hmm. um, didn't have a massive finals campaign fantasy wise, but he did have eighty three in the grand final. I just think he's going to be a great player, so just hold on to him if you can. I think he still might be a couple years away from fully kind of developing, and then and, you know playing under next to Gorn. There's always going to eat into his scoring a little bit, but I think once the the kind of changing the guard actually properly happens in a, a couple years' time, he's going to be mm-hmm. a gun. And another one that didn't score huge in the finals with Trent Rivers but he just plays the right sort of game and I'm just tipping a breakout season for him in his third year you know the magical break season I think the one takeaway from Melbourne is that they've just got so many good young players like do you think they could be on the verge of like a Richmond Hawthorne style dynasty
1: do you reckon it's possible for a team like that? if they can keep them all because like even guys like you know Sparrow doesn't even need to touch it much in the grand final but I think he's a great player you know James Jordan couldn't make it they got some really good kids uh, you know add on Pickett who could be anything Um, Jackson in the ruck, their means are still young, you know, Clayton Ollers, you know, probably what, twenty four, twenty-five. Like still so much time for them to, to dominate for years to come. Absolutely. All right, that's our finals recap
0: and now we're gonna move on to our hits and misses. All right, the hits and misses. So we're basically going to go through our keepers and our draft picks for the season and kind of work out some of our better picks, some of our worst picks, some hindsight things and little bits and pieces like that. So... Case, we're going to start off with our keepers. Yep. Who were your keeper wins? So, players that you kept that were not of the obvious ones, obviously. You know, you kept McCrane and stuff like that. They're always going to be obvious. Mm -hmm. But some kind of 50-50 keepers or guys you weren't so sure and that would turn out to be wins.
1: Yeah. I suppose I really probably only had three wins across my my two legs. So, I was uh, pretty, you know, like, I kept Jackson McRae, so that was a great choice. But, I mean, yeah, the borderline job. one. So, I, I was pretty stoked that I kept uh, Luke Jackson and Harry Schoenberg in the end. So, kept faith with them. Um, you know, I did trade Schoenberg towards the end of the season, trying to have a crack at a flag, um, which obviously I regret because he went ham after that, but that seems to be what happens. I, I traded Oracle. And, didn't
0: you see that coming? What, what
1: happened? Uh, not quite. No, but, uh, you know, Shannon Hearn almost, you know, if he didn't get injured... Could have got me close to winning a flag, but uh, so no regrets there. But obviously, we've got Luke Jackson. Um, you know him and him and um, Tim English going forward are going to be great for my side. Look in our in our podcasters' league, um, Darcy Parish was so close to to being delisted for me. Um, kept the faith, and obviously, so relieved I held him because um, I kind of had him flagged as maybe just never getting the opportunity in that midfield. But obviously, the the injuries in the the Dons. Um, you know, guts allowed him to get in there and we can actually see what he can do and he's he's proven he can be a, a very good scorer. So I think they were the, the um the hits for me. All
0: right, uh, my hits. Um, so I didn't have too many, but I'll go through the home league. Yeah, was probably less than yours actually. Um, my wins, are, I guess, in the home league. Um, Isaac Smith, I got super cheap in a trade early. So I ended up keeping him like as my, pretty much my last keeper. Just thinking he had forward status, new club. I was pretty happy to get him. I got him, yeah, third round draft pick. Um, so that was a bit of a steal. Ended up being one of the top forwards of the year. So mm-hmm. pretty happy with that considering the guy who owned him was ready to throw him on the scrap heap. And uh, he had a shoulder injury the year before, didn't he? Something like that. I don't Mr. Feb. Whack of the last bit of the season I reckon So that probably put a few people off Um, Pete Adams Is going to turn into a win I think throughout the year He was up and down When he had that period As ruck obviously He was a super handy win Um, And I think he did have One or two good games Rucking in tandem With uh, Scotty Lissett But I think if he gets traded He's going to end up As a big win for me Um, And in the Podcasters League There was just um, A couple So Zach Jones Is always on the verge Of being thrown back to the pool uh, Kept him And I guess he was handy enough And just He's always going to be a keeper But Daniel Rich I just didn't expect him To go as big this year Mm-hmm. And he was kind of on my, you know, D4, D5 because my defenders did roll deep, but he ended up being one of my better ones mm-hmm. for the year. So I guess I'll just throw him in there a, a bit of a special mention. What about your losses, case?
1: Uh, well, I'll start off with two losses that were because I didn't actually keep them. So they were in my squads last year and I probably should have held. So in our home league, I had Willem Drew. Um, obviously he had a really Bad um, run with injury last year, so it was just for me one of those ones who um, you know threw back on the scrap heap. But I think it was hard to make a case for him to be a keeper in our sixteen league. But obviously he ended up you know having a great season. Um, And in the the podcasters league, I. Delisted Pete Wright, which in hindsight, with Ruck Ford status and the ruck, Rose, ruck woes I had with Jared Witz, um, he would have been good to have. But uh, the keepers for me, look, Dev Smith uh, had an absolute shocker, but um, you know you probably would have kept him in hindsight, um, regardless, purely um, on the fact that Ford's really hard as well. But in the uh, the podcasters' league, like I had Jack Martin who stunk it up, Hamish Hartlett who was not best twenty two and is now delisted, yeah, um, and Grime Myers who had some injury woes, but just was really underwhelming from what he kind of promised a couple of years ago uh, losses for me uh, quite a few um,
0: so Nick Caulfield and Dill Stevens were the biggest ones for me so I end up keeping Dylan Stevens over Brandon Ellis mm. in the end thinking uh, I'd I didn't think, I didn't think Brandon Ellis, I didn't think Dylan Stephen was going to average more or anything like that. I just didn't think Brandon Ellis would have a 90 plus season again. Cause he'd only done it once. And I figured there'd be, you know, people like Rao and Anderson kind of taking over a little bit more. Um, and so I was happy throwing back. Also, I just had a glut of midfielders and I had no forwards, So I didn't want to go into a draft with basically no forward. So had to throw him back and that was a bit of a loss, but it kind of, he kind of came back to what I expected him to be towards the end of the season and then got injured um, as well. So I, and I think the changing of the guard will happen with those kind of younger midfielders coming through because he's getting on a bit, Ellis. so I definitely regret it for this season. But because I'm not going to keep Dill Stevens either, so it's just a throwaway. Uh, why yeah. does he
1: stay at Sydney as well?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because he's not going to get too much of a run there, especially Mad- with some of those youngsters coming through. Madness. Yeah, I got no idea. but um, And then I think in the losses in the in the Podcasters League, um, Tom Rockliffe was a big one. So I don't think he played a full game for the whole season. I think it's two subs and then injured in the twos. Is that what happened? I think mm-hmm. what happened. Yep. So yeah, someone I kind of expected to be a 100 plus average um, for when he played. There was always whispers he wasn't best 22. I wouldn't have been surprised about that. But I just think I thought that there'd be injury affected games and stuff like that where he'd come in. And then my sneaky thing was I thought he'd get a farewell game mm-hmm. at the end as well. So I thought it was still going to be okay. But he was just but, too um, cactus. Yeah, too injured, too mm. cooked, uh, too many injuries. Um, so that kept him out. Um, and just another one, Tom Hawkins was someone I kept, which probably there's a few other options I could have gone with. Um, I kept him because he had the forward status, obviously, because um, they, were, they were scarce, but it kind of just didn't pay off. I could have done better in the draft and kept an extra midfielder or something like that. So mm. that was another one that probably went through. All right, let's get to our draft
1: case. Now, you've mm. actually got every draft pick you've made across two leagues. Mm-hmm. You want to go through all of them oh, i'll just be super quick all right cool so in our home leg i uh, took rory sloan with my first pick so um uh, let's 200 um look i think he was solid he he almost got close to winning me a flag in his last couple of games because he pulled out a couple of big hundreds towards the end of the season so i think that's a that's a good pick uh tom Papley went pick two for me which is obviously went too high he Had a stink of a season uh jackson nelson i was pretty keen on at the start of the year uh he was my third pick Big loss there. Took the punt on Will Phillips um, because you know there was a bit of hype around him. You know, yeah, high course. draft pick, and he s- kept sliding because obviously Golden went early, Campbell went early, and I was like, look, if I'm ever going to have a have a have a crack at someone like him, I just thought it sat right in 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 hindsight. But look, obviously he just didn't come on. But I still think there's a future for him uh, fantasy wise. But, but you can't um, keep him in our side. Like, won't yeah. be keeping him. Yeah, no yeah. But uh, you know, so we're going to re- keep 16.
0: Just to explain it, we're yeah. going to keep 16. It's really hard to keep mm-hmm. first year players in our unless league. they're really. Yeah. Shy unless something. they're absolutely like yeah. dead set guns because you throw them back usually someone who's averaging 80 or so
1: um, in place of them that's mm-hmm. all uh, then I took Dylan Moore next who was a big win for me he's um, almost becoming one of my favourite players I just love the way he goes about it and could have been sniffing around the um, you know a keeper spot if uh, if my forwards don't work out next year uh, and then I went Cam Zerha he was a loss he was too con- inconsistent but did come home strongly look Shane Edwards was what picked 272 I think that's alright he was good cover for me never uh. actually was fieldable but like you're just someone who you could bank on having as a mid cover you've got win written here and mid mid only the average 65 sorry i can't call that a win at pick
0: 272 like sure like you can claim that you can claim like how late they are but like everyone's got late draft picks that
1: are pretty decent well that's a win in my life it's subjective (laughs) it's not not it So is is chris Mayne a win at the next pick being Uh, one of the best averaging defenders last year depends the way you look at it because like
0: the way i look at it is like you weren't going to keep him beyond this season Hmm. It didn't win your flag.
1: It almost won me a flag. It got me into a grand final. You can't be any closer.
0: But like if everyone drafts that way, Mm -hmm. like without looking for a a future gun, if they just go, look, I'm going to draft a guy that's going to be around for one year and average 80, like that would be pretty competitive. It's like Mm -hmm. Geelong each year. They're competitive Mm -hmm. because like they just keep topping up, but they don't quite ever grab the talent to actually get
1: them to the next step. And that's caught up what I see you've done in your draft. Uh, but when I'd already drafted, what, Papley, who's young? Nelson, young. Phillips, young. Moore, young. Zerha, young. I think I, at that point, I can actually go, all right, I need some guys who are going to play each week. Sure. And score but- well. They're losses, though. All those ones above are losses, too. Chris Maine was not a loss. No, the ones above that are losses. That uh, Tom McDonald took next. I think he was a huge win. He started off the year super well, uh, one of the better averaging forwards that year. Uh, Paul Hunter, I tried to grab for some right cover, but he was horrible. Uh, Dave Cunningham, uh, RIP, did his ACL. I feel sorry for you, Dave. I do love you. Mickey Gibbons was pretty average. Um, next, Josh Rotham. Uh, he was picked 340. Uh, he was pretty good for me. He put up some big numbers as a defender. He's sniffing around the, the keeper as well. Uh, then Callum Sinclair, who was fine. He played a couple of games for me, but didn't give much. Look, then we upgraded. Uh, we managed to upgrade Aaron Norton and Ben Keyes. You Kees don't have free. to talk through these ones. These What's aren't great picks. What, yeah. about, what about rookies? rookies? They're, well, they're
0: upgrades. He's so roughed them last year.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. but then I took Go Kane, rookies, Kane Farrell first, which was too early. And obviously he did his ACL. I thought he could be a sneaky chance to, to get some good games at Port. Just didn't quite put the scores on the board. Uh, Nick Cox Went next, who uh, I love. He's going to be, obviously, um, retained as a rookie. Then Jeremy Sharp. Um, what was that? Pick 416 as a rookie. That's so a great that. pick. I do like that one. Out of your
0: draft, like, I don't love your draft because I don't think you're getting a lot of keepers out of them. And you didn't no, play, I'm not going to get a lot of keepers out of And now you've, com- you've got a real low draft pick next year. So, I don't know how you, where we are going to go.
1: I'll draft well again. Don't worry about that, Hef. No, no, you uh, seem to draft took,
0: better when you have higher picks.
1: Like Then like I took Shannon year. Neal, who didn't play much, um, and then held... Chad Warner and Jarman MP, which are great. So I was actually pretty happy with my draft. Yes, I'm not going to get a lot of keepers out of it, but um, I thought my starting 16 was good enough to to give the finals a shake and give it a shake, and I almost got there. See, I finished third last year in our league, but I
0: I didn't. It's not like it's it's not a tank. I just didn't think. I was going to win the flag considering the finals I'd lost. Uh, sorry, the forwards I'd lost and how good the top team who was. Like he was just his in the bag all year. Mm. So that's kind of why I went more speculative and tried to get – instead of getting someone I know is going to get a 70 or an 80, I tried to get the next big thing. A lot of them didn't pay off. Mm, but but you um, still got
1: – I still got
0: six keepers in me. What's that? You've still got a worse six ten keepers than me. Well, it's more that I just don't have forwards. That's my issues. Like my, I think my midfield is you know, rivals yours. It's not quite as good, but um, I've got a very young midfield, and I've got it's led by Jack Steele, so it's hard to go wrong. My defenders mm-hmm. are eyes just, and my rucks fine now. Um, I just don't have any forwards <laughs> that's the issue do we need to go through your whole just want to go through a couple of your
1: um, yeah, the sure. podcasters league podcasters league right, your the best one, ones the one that I well I drafted pretty well at the start and then it kind of all fell away but I took Jack Zebra with my first pick and everyone laughed at me yes my logic from way with school well <laughs> was bad as you're going to pick a part in a second <laughs> I know but look he had back forward DPP and was amazing so um, screw everyone who was laughing at me. at nah, for great pick. pick great pick just your reasoning for picking him was different back then uh, pick two Isaac Cumming no, that's not Another great pick. Pick three, Jordan Clark, obviously a big miss. But then I've managed to take Nick Newman at pick four, which I think was great. Kennedy was a big Matthew Kennedy. Kennedy at six, and then Mm, after 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 that. that. Not a hell of a lot after that. Like Caleb Poulter at pick three twenty might might make the keepers just on a you know perspective kind of base um, Harry Mackay's around there too so um, yeah apart from that I, th- I thought I did well early because I was really lucky in defenders so uh, to pick up you know coming Newman um, you know he's going to be great for, for my season for my team futures my team's future Sorry Alright uh, I'm just gonna go through My win
0: So my biggest win Was Carl Amon In the first round So you passed over Him um, Went for Rory Sloan And mm-hmm. I guess a, th- a few people were just like Why the hell Are we picking Carl Amon um, I just felt like I, at The season they had last year Was ready to go another level We could have gone another level um, Carl Amon was about, in my My
1: 10 picks Yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. So I, was, I'm, I definitely never thought Eamon was a bad pick. I just thought no, no, Slam nah. would
0: be safer. No, nah, fair enough. But yeah, no, no. It's more so just yeah, uh, just a lot of people didn't kind of really rate that pick. But I was pretty happy to get him. And you know, to get a hundred average player, hundred average player out of draft, um, you're going okay because mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to pick a hundred average. I think he averaged ninety nine in the end, but I'm going to round it up. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty hard to pick him. But apart from that, like I went real young this year, um, and I picked up a few youngsters that I'm pretty happy with for the future. So um, yeah, a few wins in my draft was uh, Miles Bergman, um, Archie Perkins, and uh, Luke Edwards and there's another one I'm missing there, but someone else was good in there. Um, I think Mr. Yardis was kind of service you. He's just probably not going to make my keepers, that's all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was a few losses in as well. So, Damon Graves, I took in the second round, which sucked. Um, like I've said, harped on a million times. After three games, yes, small sample size, but the, those three games were just- the Harry Morrison effect is what I like to call but it. But no, Harry Morrison never went at 90%. Like I wouldn't pick him on back of three games, three good fantasy scores. It was more that if you can use the ball that well for three games in a row, I expect that I start to expect that all the time, you know. I mean? And then not all of a sudden he just lost it. Like it just he couldn't kick the ball like that again, and it was just unreal. It's like he had the.
1: He touched that magic basketball from yeah, space. Yeah, pretty Jam. much.
0: The big one that I got sucked into was Andrew McPherson playing that huge. Oh, um, well, you got that game. That was the biggest suck. Like, I was the biggest sucked in um, pick for me. He had that huge. Looked like he just um, slotted into Laird's role um, and played it exactly perfectly in the uh, in the trial match against Port Adelaide, where um, they were just absolutely dominating. He was the shining light. I think the issue probably with him was just Crows got too good. Like, we didn't expect the Crows to actually be as good as they were? Um, Even though McPherson's actually good at Football, no, 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 mm. definitely not. But I thought that he would just like Crows would be terrible. It'd be in their back lines and He'd just be he'd be playing that sweeper role and get him out there. And I think Crows were a lot better than that. And then he was he's just terrible. You're up. Um, so yeah, that's a few of my losses and the podcasters league. Um, yeah, like Higgins and Sloan I took earlier. That was serviceable because my team was you know probably his last chance at a crack. So I'd lost two grand finals in a row. Was hoping to make a third grand final, and win it. It uh, wasn't to be. Yeah, I bet lost you. out in the semi. <laughs> um, yeah, that was probably unexpected though. I was probably favourite going to that <laughs> but anyway team to stand up on the day. that's what happens um, but yeah those two are serviceable to get me there but I did pick up um, I think I picked up MP in the last round I think which was quite good oh, one of the last rounds second last round um, Chad Warner got super late and Errol Golden like he just went after some silly picks like he went later than um, he went later than Jamara Uglehagen, and he went later than um, uh, McRae like Collingwood McRae Finlay McRae so like yeah, I just got him way after all those kind of guys had been off the board. So I thought it was just stupid to be able to pick him up late. So I thought that was a pretty good pick to get him. I think it was pick 33 or something like that where it was. So that was cool. Oh, somewhere late, late 20s, early 30s, something like that. Um, so I was pretty happy with those. But yeah, big losses was Jeremy Cameron. I went early on, I think third round with him um, and didn't kind of deliver. I was injured for a lot of the year as well. And Jared Pollock, just, I don't know. I just didn't see a way where he wouldn't be in the best 22 just because north were going to be so bad i think they just rely on the senior heads mm. and he just wasn't best 22 so mm. yeah that's basically it for me um we'll move on to some of our trades. so your trade losses case was a lot of those in the podcasters league
1: yeah yeah i kind of set fire to my side in the in the podcasters league still after beat me in the final I was, and i was still partying from my flag last year uh yeah look in hindsight like i had a lot of good midfielders or i thought i did but um so i'd Got rid of McCluggage for Mickey Walters because I had zero forwards in that league. So I thought Walters is good for an 80. Uh, time caught up with him and the role wasn't great. So obviously a bad trade there. Um, I kind of got caught badly. I got rid of Whitfield, Canelio and Clark. Ooh, for Jeremy Howe, for not Matt a lot. Flynn and uh, Paddy Lipinski. So uh, Jeremy Howe and Paddy Lipinski will be fantastic next year. No, but, uh, well, Lipinski will. Lipinski will be fantastic. Alex is He's old injury prone now. Yeah, I, th- I actually think You traded trade away Whitfield for basically Howe. Yeah, basically. But like Whitfield, was, I I thought he was going to be out for a lot longer. I was going to go for a flag. Look, bad trade. Definitely bad trade. And you traded him out for a guy who was already out for a long time. Yes, he was coming back, but-
0: Uh, Flint, Howe is back. No, no. I'm talking about um, Howe. I was how yeah. back by that he stage? Was he was back. Ah, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Um was, so, was it Whitfield Whitfield came back the next week
1: though. Like two weeks later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So bad. But you I'm weren't actually, even, You weren't I'm not keeping tabs sure on the injury at, So I'm, I'm not actually upset about that. Kelly might be a forward next year. And um, look, Flynn- was serviceable because I had, uh, Wits went down with an ACL, so I had no no Ruckman. So um, I needed someone and Flynn was playing well at that time. Uh, look, Wins, I actually traded out Jackson Nelson for Dane Rampy And Dane Rampy played a lot of games for me uh, late because he was averaging basically 75, 80 each week, which was great for my kind of, you know, 21st, 22nd player in the side. Um, and look, this is a bit of a conject, conject, what is it? Fifty-fifty one, but look, I go. traded out Jack Bowes and Harry Schoenberg, um, brought in Lockie Hunter and um, Shannon Hearn, at the tilt for a flag. So I needed a good uh, or a solid forward in that stage. Schoenberg wasn't really showing too much. Um, Bowes was on the decline and Hearn had been not- notching up hundreds for fun. So um, unfortunately, Hearn didn't play in the prelim or the grand final, but uh, yeah, it definitely helped me get to, to the pointy end of the season. So I think that was a, a fair trade. I didn't really make uh, too many you didn't trades. You did make any trades? I oh, No, I made
0: one. I uh, traded a third round pick for Isaac Smith, so that was handy. My issue was is, um, pre season, I'm too busy writing articles for halfl.com.au, doing all those social clips, uh, planning the podcast, recording it, editing. I just don't have time to get on those group chats, Case. Is that right?
1: That's You've my got issue. no time.
0: <laughs> None at all. Got no
1: time to be on our group chat, <laughs> Have
0: Nah, Not at all. Um, so yeah literally I'm like working on this like every night of the week essentially I'm still working now you would have seen my uh, I'm working now too (laughs) I mean it's actually live people can see this I spent all day setting up these cameras but anyway um, yeah you don't see what goes on behind the scenes but anyway um, yeah look I made a couple trades Um, there was that one so that was okay I did also trade um, I traded Isaac Smith out as well so both my trades involved Isaac Smith traded him out for Trent DeMont just Mm. thinking that he's just a bit younger Um, like you know Isaac Smith's got one more year I'll get another three, four out of DeMont and hopefully you can recapture the form of 2020 mm-hmm. or his fantasy form of 2020 and basically if he's not injured he, he should go okay. fitness issues. For yeah, froggy. yeah, exactly. So um, I just thought that was a bit of a, a tiny, tiny upgrade there. So I think it was that. Um, in the in the podcasters league, I, I didn't make a trade but I think you are the only one who makes trade in the podcast league. So you're that one guy that actually takes it seriously when everyone else is just kind of going away. I just like trading <laughs> and no one likes trading for some reason. <laughs> well, it just doesn't benefit you half the time. That's the thing.
1: Like, Who cares? Yeah, I know. Well, I know fun. you just like getting new players but... I want a flag. Yeah. I'm just still partying. I'm like Libba in like Vietnam after the flag. I was going to say after. i just partying. Hard. I wonder what
0: Libba's doing this week after Saturday night. <laughs> who knows?
1: All right. Let's uh, just look ahead
0: next year. So, we're getting under 50 minutes here. So, we need to wrap this up a bit. But um, all right. So, Case, okay, so, uh, who are the kind of 50-50s that you're keeping? So, you know, just disregard the absolute locks. Who are your
1: 50-50s that you're keeping? Um, <sighs> Lucky Ash, I think. I think he's coming into his third year. So... Um, the role has been a bit concerning, but I think he's going to be a very, very high quality player. So he's around the mark. And then these next kind of four, I'm really tossing up whether to keep them. So Ben Ainsworth, I believe in Ben Ainsworth. We haven't seen the best of him just yet, but I'd feel sick if I uh, delisted Ainsworth and he went on to become a you know, 80, 90 averaging forward. Uh, Liam Duggan um, was on fire early, but uh, had injury issues. Uh, I think he's re-signed at the Eagles, which is good. And I think that once Hearn's gone, he's going to be that. Beautiful natural halfback flanker. Matty Rao. I'm going to keep as Everyone's well. Everyone's going
0: to keep Matty Rao. That's fine.
1: Um, and Aaron Norton's the other one. So, uh, started the year absolutely on fire, but kind of limped home. Um, it's, it's really going to come down to what forwards look like next year and um, if there's going to be currency in keeping someone like Norton. I'm a big Norton man. Um, I just wish he kind of was a bit more consistent with his scoring. Uh, with my keepers, like, the, I've got a lot of locks
0: in there. Um my 50 50s come down to about f- three or four. Um, so, Peter Adams is someone I'm probably going to keep if he gets traded. Um, if he becomes number one ruck and he will keep forward status I think um, and if he becomes number one ruck he should be a pretty handy forward contributor he'd probably be close to my F1 this year because uh, yeah I I'd, I'd literally have no forwards Miles um, Bergman I'm going to keep um, hopefully he keeps defender status I just don't think he will Dev Rob interestingly is still named as a mid forward by champion data but I just don't I just don't see him when they use common sense at the end of the year keeping that as well but I think I'm still going to keep him because I think there might be a bit of a changing of, of the guard and just some of those older midfielders Well, more like Mitch Robinson's got his last year I don't see how much longevity he's got mm. um, Jared Berry is who knows where he is actually at I think they might start to persist with someone like Dev Rob who showed a lot of good things this year Yeah. Um, even though his fantasy scoring wasn't massive he had a few good games I think he had a couple of 70s and an 80 or something like that um, in there but I think he's kind of better for the experience especially not playing in his first season so I think he's going to go okay next year so I'm kind of pretty happy to keep him the other one is i'm thinking about it. i just don't see where i fit him in considering i've got enough defenders and that's nick blakey Mm. so he'll get defender status and he kind of lifted not huge but he lifted his game to another level like he was good for a 70 off that halfback if he didn't get injured every game for like a period of 10 15 minutes i don't know what it is with blakey but he just seems to come off and get injured all the time and i think he actually did get injured he broke his leg in the end (laughs) but uh yeah Mm. there's always a few games where he just like comes off and he's looking like he's looking good, and he'll cop a knee to the back, and you know have to go on the bench and be massaged for
1: a half a game. But then it will come on in the last minute or something like that and play again. Um, yeah. So who does who does uh, Dawson's departure help more, Blakey or McInerney? I think it helps Lloyd more than anyone because <laughs> Lloyd was really down on uh, last year's, and then he'll get
0: hundred percent of the kick-ins again. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, probably. Probably both, really. I think it's going to, they'll both see a bump as a result because they do play those kind of three forwards. Who's, um is Harry Cunningham going to go around again? He's only 28. Yeah, he's quite so, yeah, yeah so he, he could he's totally someone. Young. He stepped up when kind of those boys were out when Lloyd was out, so he could be someone who receives a bump as well. Mm. Depends if he remains best 22. He's kind of a bit borderline every now and then, but he's someone who could step into that role. More so the winger, though. So maybe someone like Errol, like, because he's playing on the wing Goulden, towards him, so it's probably. Warner. More like, yeah, Warner and Errol Golden like those mm. kind of guys as well. All those outside types. So I think it's probably going to more affect, more help those. If we go on by the end of the season, it's going to more help those kind of two, I think, who are Mm -hmm. playing you know, genuine winger roles or more on the wing as well. Um, What are we up to? So we've done that. Um, All right. Let's get into three players that you want a piece of in 2022. So three players that you're jumping on board for 2022.
1: You think they're going to have big years. Um, I talked about it on the pod pod the other night. Hayden Young, I think, is kind of flying under the radar. He's always been a proven kind of scorer through the junior ranks. Started his career pretty well last year. Um, obviously, was injured out for a big chunk of this season. Uh, he kind of came home super hot. I think he averaged 86 or something like that in his last four or five games with a couple of 90s. Um, I'm big on him. I think he's a big part of Frio's uh, resurgence up the ladder. So, um, get involved with Hayden Young. I think he's going to have a massive 2022. Yeah, I think that's that's a great pick. I'm happy with him. Uh, Paddy Lipinski officially moving to Collingwood, I think they said today. He's requested to go there. I think that's fantastic for him. Um, he's... A a genuine ball winner and Potentially, his, his use isn't always the best, but um, I think he's going to get a lot of midfield time at the Pies, and I think he's going to seriously, seriously improve next year, fantasy-wise. And and just on that um, Jordan Dawson thing, I think Justin McInerney is one who um, is just going to keep getting better and better next year. Hopefully, he can um, get some back status involved in his life from a fantasy point of view. But um, yeah, they're the three that I'm quite keen on next year. Uh, two of mine I've already mentioned already, the three that I am keen on, but
0: uh, Trent Rivers, I mentioned in the Melbourne. So I'm, I'm keen on him to go to the next level next year kind of rosy as someone I'm backing as well but I think Will Day is uh, you know going to get over his injuries and he's going to play on the wing I think he's going to explode for Hawthorne next year so I think coming into his third year Will Day is someone I want a piece of and I do have a piece of um, in my keepers he's on my rookie list still actually so he's a good upgrade free upgrade there as well so yeah uh, Will Day someone I'm big on um, alright players you think that will slide name three players you think that are
1: going to come back to earth mm-hmm. next season uh, wouldn't surprise me if Aaron Hall uh, falls away a bit next year um, into his 30s what did North Melbourne want to actually achieve next year? Do they want to actually make some growth in their their younger guys? So, um, you know, him and Zeeble are two that, you know, absolutely went bananas this year, but do they start giving more responsibility to, you know, Phillips or does Dumont come back in and play a sweeper roller cross back who's a bit younger? Um, I think he's one who just won't be averaging as high as as he did this year. Yes, he still might score well, but I don't think you'll get the 2021 numbers about Aaron Hall. Uh, Paul Seedsman's another one. Does Jordan Dawson's uh, arrival hurt him? Um, you know, Seeds so getting on to 30 as well. Um, you know, you've got Miller at back hopefully um, injury-free next year for the Crows, like Lockie Shoals. Got another pre-season under his belt there, kind of the future of the the club Seismans. Um, you know, still, still be very good, but I just don't think he's going to put up the numbers again this year. And it's still side-bottom, we've started to see it this year, but um, they're another one. You know, you've got... Um, Lipinski you know Josh Dacos Nick Dacos coming in like they're going to have to start blooding some youth in that midfield so I can see that you know side bottom will just basically be a a small medium forward next year so I think his score is going to drastically drop
0: yeah, side bottom was one I had on my list as well. And I think, yeah, with um, Dawson coming in, Seedsman's going to struggle a bit as well. Um, my three were Brandon Ellis, because I just think there's going to be a few youngsters coming up. Um, you've got your, I guess, more, your more outside type, Sharp will probably come up on come along a lot more. Mm. But then you've got other midfielders like, I uh, know Anderson can kind of play outside as well. Um, and I think they might affect uh, someone like Brandon Ellis, but we might see him across back again. Who knows? Mm. Although, oh, I don't know. your Do Gold Coast actually have a fair bit of depth? It's going to be interesting to see how they go um, next year. Isaac Smith, I think he's just going to be in his final. Final season And taper off I wouldn't be surprised If he gets injured And that's it At some stage Just knowing his history And uh, the other one for me Is Jack Zeeble Like we saw at the end Of this season There's just no way He's going that big again um, Teams have worked him out They've worked out If they want to stop North Melbourne They just stop Jack Zeeble, Zeeble. And um, yeah, There's a few players And Aaron Hall Went back there as well So I, I can probably see Aaron Hall actually going Okay again But um, probably not as big As last year That's all But yeah I don't know I still think he'll be up there um, As a defender That's for sure uh, you've got one last question, Case. Mm.
1: So this is uh, obviously a bit of a hypothetical. So, you know, we're talking keeper legs here. Um, you know, most people have, you know, 10, 15, 20 keepers that they take each year. So your draft pool is obviously always a bit slim um, when you're going. And obviously a lot of first-year players make up, um, you know, the drafts. So we've obviously heard the hype about um, Nick Dacos and how good he is and he's, you know, getting 200 fantasy points in the Nava League, that kind of thing. We've seen Jason Horn absolutely dominate um, a sandful prelim, kick three goals. I think he would have scored 113 or something off the top of my head. Um, he's delivering. So these two guys have you've got number, pick number one or two next year in the draft, for example. <laughs> for example, are you taking them? <laughs> oh, sorry, the hypothetically. Yeah.
0: Um, I thought you were saying because I finished bottom because I didn't. Look, I, in my redraft, sorry, in my dynasty league, 100%, I'm not going to get them though because I won the flag in that one, but I would 100% take them with my first picks. In our home league, because I'm high up there, if they slid to me, 100% would take them, but I don't know if they will. If I'm contending for a flag, I don't think I'd take
1: them in a, in a home league where we're taking 16, keeping 16 each year. So if it was between Carl Amon, uh, Dacos and Horn, you'd take Carl Amon? If I'm going for a flag, yeah, because Carl Amon goes bigger next season. Okay. So yeah, but I think
0: like, yeah, if you're if you are a bottom six team in your league, if they slide to you, then you take them. But yeah, they're not going to so, slide to the premiership contenders anyway. So doesn't So, you really wouldn't,
1: matter. so you, if you, you wouldn't regret taking or missing out on a Horn or a Dacos if you were in the window? Well, you're not going to get him anyway. But you say you trade up a pick or you... Yeah, okay. We We can bet to win our... Yeah, like you if
0: if, you, if there is someone who's going to go, yeah, big like a Carl Lehmann, then you still take Carl Lehmann. But yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think they're going to go early to the shitter teams anyway. So it doesn't really matter.
1: I think these guys are
0: generational. I think if you can get a piece of them, But we've said be.
1: that like... You said that
0: about Rao He hasn't come on. Like you even found it... You know, Rao was probably more hyped up than either of these guys. And... You know, I know he's been injured, but you're struggling to keep him this year. That's the thing that can go wrong with some of these younger players. That's the only thing I'm thinking of. But you know, it's not often that you get
1: someone like Dave. No one's looking back on taking Sam Walsh at pick one.
0: No, 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 absolutely not. But I'm just saying, like, they can go pear shaped. Like, it's not often that a top two talent becomes a super premier. Like Walsh is basically it, really, over the last kind of few years. It's not oh, Bally Smith, I guess. Up there, he was pick seven though. He probably wasn't as hyped mm. up as much, but he's just as good a fantasy scorer as kind of That's some of the top. of the injury interrupted, you. yeah, true, yeah. true. And his numbers were good. I um, mean, so on. But yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think you could, if you if you need to play it safe to kind of get a good scorer for a, for a flag, then you probably. It's probably smarter to do that. But I think if you're down the bottom, you take a punt with them. So, yeah, you take them with your first picks early. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. just the way I look at it. Up. All right, uh, let's move on to the listener questions.
1: All right, uh, we
0: don't have a lot of listener questions tonight, but uh, we'll move on. Um, all right, so at TTQ03, is it possible for Wheel Day to turn into Lockie Whitfield type of player with a stacked back line of Hawthorne? Uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say it's possible.
1: Uh, it's possible, but I'm still not sure. Like, I think, like, Sicily, Jythe, um, Bramble now um, who else is back there Impey Day um, Scrimshaw there's abs- an absolute plethora of ball winning intercepting kind of defender wing types you know you could even throw uh, Dan Howe in there as well who had a pretty good season this year I don't know like he could be but at the same time there's a lot of very good players in that in that Hawthorne side so I'm just not sure whether you're going to see that But what about like scoring from like, like Lockie Whitfield's a pretty elite scorer. Oh, no, is no. is. day going to be an elite scorer? He looks a similar type of player, put up similar type of junior numbers. There's
0: every chance. I don't know if he will. he will. You can't say he will. There's no absolutes, but there's a good
1: chance he will be, I think. What do you reckon he'll average next year?
0: Oh, not huge. Like maybe 80 to 85 and then go bigger bigger after that. So it's his third year next year. Yeah. So it's the moving season anyway. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Dottie asks, thoughts on Charlie Constable? Um, apparently looking... Elsewhere
1: for opportunities, where do you think he could land and what could he average? Cheers, fella, fellas. Well, if you listen to Trade Radio, a this shit, he, everyone's going to Carlton or Gold Coast. That seems to be where everyone goes. But I don't know. Uh, it's weird. They're playing bit of cat and mouse by the sounds of it with, with Constable and, and um, Clark. Like, oh, they can explore their options, but you know, if they don't want to go anywhere, we'll, we'll take him and probably pay him peanuts. So I don't know. Where would someone like Constable go? I don't really know who needs that kind of a midfielder.
0: Yeah, I don't know, and like... Like, yes, he's shown he's been a good fantasy scorer, but there's so many good fantasy scorers out there that just don't cut it. So you look at someone like, I know Fearney came in and rocketed back up to kind of you know a good scoring option, but there's just like a player like him who, yes, he can score, but there's no guarantee he's going to be best 22 long-term and he could be looking down the barrel of being dropped at any second. So I don't know whether it's, if, if you can you make the same case for Constable, I think you kind of look, I kind of look at him in some of those ways as well. Like if he's not in the best 22 now, he's probably one of their best younger talents they've had in a long time i know it's Geelong. geelong's a horrible team to even say that about yeah like, but like you i don't know
1: you look at fear Fior- like fiorini and you think he'd make the gold coast side as well so i'm just trying to rack my brain who, but like i think he's one you know there's a few guys around at the moment i think like Brody, will Brody. you know the same kind of guys we mentioned each year who are who have proven their good fantasy as they just are at was, the wrong side who was the player that went from gws to richmond to someone else Anthony
0: Miles did you got a Gold Coast as well who mm. was just a gun fantasy scorer but just mm. couldn't crack it like I, I, think, I can kind of see Constable being one of those maybe I don't know like one of those guys that just everyone talks about each year as being a gun but then just
1: can't quite cut it I don't know probably a question we can't answer just yet until he moves somewhere yeah but, we have to uh, wait and see where he goes but as well. it'll be interesting to do the, the pod win after the the, uh, the trade period to kind of you know reassess where people are out there
0: yeah alright uh, Nathan Quarrel uh, is it too early to send out a hit on my league commissioner who still hasn't coughed up the prize um no, it's not.
1: Depends on what the hit is though, I guess. Don't, don't kill him. <laughs> Mate, people need some cash, man. Just like kneecaps or something. But oh, like, like what? Most, most, <laughs> like, most prizes are like 500 bucks worth and stuff like that. You know, that's, if you've been budgeting for that and, you know, Christmas is coming up, you know, people need their cash. Okay, yeah. It's un-Australian. Yeah, so what? You, if you're you, a league commissioner and you haven't paid out the cash that you're holding, that's not actually your cash. That's dodgy. Sound like It sounds like a scene at a chopper or something like that. I don't know. Case just keeps I, saying cash. It's cash. <laughs> I don't own a baseball bat, so like whoever it is is safe and I'm the biggest pussy gun around, so I'm not hitting anyone, I can guarantee you that. All right, last question, Case. Uh, it's from at Blackson. Hi, guys. We're having some issues in our league with, uh, with coach engagement. Being in the off-season, do you have any suggestions how to entice offending coaches to be more active? And at what point of no contact with the league do you have to replace them as coach? So this is Blackson, he's in our league. And this is about me, case. Maybe. Maybe.
0: Group chats. um, So yeah, I'm not in our group chat. And I'll tell you- He
1: didn't even say why. He just quit. He just left us. I'll tell
0: you the reason why. Um, So it's not about anyone in the group chat. It's more about me. My productivity when I'm in group chats goes way down because that thing goes off 100 messages a day sometimes. And I get real down on myself if I don't get all my work done. And I'm like a I'm like a moth to light, to a flame when it comes to like group chats and stuff. And I just cannot look away. It's like, I don't know, like looking at the sun, you know, you, you stare at it and then you burn your eyes. I just can't stay away. So, I had to actually just take myself off. And it, it does concern me because I do a lot of research in the um, and 3 work and stuff and do a lot of training. I do a lot of research in the kind of mental health field. Big strong link between device addiction, which is a real thing, um, you know, the serotonin, the dopamine, the, the things that, you know, creates in your brain. Um With these apps and stuff that do actually engineer to act like poker machines and addict you in the same way by, you know, creating delays. So, you know, you scroll down and you wait for the notification that gives you that kind of dopamine hit. The the sounds, the noises, they're all studied, scientifically studied to actually kind of addict you. I need to get these things out of my life to focus, concentrate, and I guess be
1: happier overall. So that's why I do it, guys. So what do we do when we can't contact you? How do you know when the draft
0: is? I reckon I text like everyone in the league, like – on a like a weekly basis, like not everyone, but I reckon like because I'm not super close to everyone in the in the comp, but um the ones I am close to like four
1: or five, five or six of them I would be in regular contact with. Yeah. Um. But when we do our starting a keeper league pod, you always go you need to have guys who are fully committed, a committed heft. That's what you want to know. Do I set my team every week? Uh, I assume so. I don't know. You're, you're that. you that bad. I, I honestly don't know.
0: I threw out a few trades. I set my team each week. Um, I had a good back in the season. I was fine. You did. Yeah. You I, really I, ruined your whole
1: tanking plan. I as know. Well. I
0: did. Um. I needed. I
1: needed you players. You could have got. S- you could have got Horn or Dacos, and you decided I, to win games late. I don't. I don't tank per se, but like I just.
0: I. I take punts in drafts when I don't think I'm going to be a contender. But if I've got the players, if I got the cattle that I fit, because my main issue this year, I had 12 injured, I think at one stage, which is you know your whole bench type thing, and you're really running on fumes um i just couldn't feel the team i wanted to but when i had everyone
1: fit and firing i kind of proved that i can i can win i just need a few forwards and i'll be okay why don't you do that app where you can, you've only got like 10 minutes a day to look at one particular app and once you use it you can't open it again sure but why not just not look at it come back to the, <laughs> come back to the group chat what am you. i gonna do in 10 minutes who can we stop about Port being shit and losing prelims oh, by do like 100 that. Just points? Send me, send me a
0: tweet. It's fine. <laughs> Just do that. I've got uh, I've got Twitter on my my, uh, my laptop, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll still answer right, those. So we'll do a group Twitter chat. He Just can't tweet get me. out of that. Then. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, let's wrap it up there. So um yeah, thanks for listening for another season. We'll be back around draft time unless position changes come out beforehand, which I doubt they will because no, that doesn't happen. Um so yeah, we'll be around back around draft time, and we'll be doing a we'll have the numbers up on our website and we'll do a, a mini episode for our members. Um, so make sure you sign up as a member if you're not already. Um, I think there was a few members that I've emailed about not being on the subscription program and their memberships will actually expire um, in, at the start of November if they don't uh, click the renew button. So if you're keen on your renewing, just make sure you click that button um, there. And yes, yeah, so that make sure you preserve your membership at its current price as well. So if you're keen to stick around, do that. Um, if, not, if you're not a member, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au and check it out click the membership button if you're interested and also hit us up on our socials uh, at Keeper League Pod on Facebook Twitter and Instagram alright cool I don't have to look at K's for like another month so it's going to be great so are we month and hanging half? out on Saturday oh damn it we are <laughs> too are we driving to Renmark together uh, no I'm going to go down Friday uh, okay cool sweet I don't have to drive down <laughs> yeah. with you at least thank god um, but yeah we have to spend all Saturday together but uh, anyway uh we'll worry about that when it happens all right see you folks uh, and have a good off season i Talk guess see you
1: in a month or so say so up there, you are, there you